Okay, I'm here at St. Cloud Pride, and I have Seth with mm-hmm. me. Seth, I use he, him, his pronouns. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Seth Kempfer. Um, I am the director of the LGBT Research Center at St. Cloud State University, and the pronouns that I use are zizim, zir, or he, him, his. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, first, yeah. let's talk about uh, why they, them project was a good thing to have at St. Cloud Pride. Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, we were looking at expanding um, our the opportunities that we provide here um, for engagement, especially when it comes to the queer population. Um, and I think we reflected on how can we um, be better at creating consciousness and awareness um, to uh, the gamut of the LGBT plus community. And so um, that was one of the reasons bringing in the They Them Project is because it touches base on um, individuals who may not use the gender binary um, pronouns uh, as their pronouns, um, as well as helping people understand the intricacies and the experiences um, that the LGBT plus community has and how that relates um, to other people. I think another thing is we wanted um, for more people to feel seen and heard. And so by bringing in the They Them Project and people allow, allowing people to come in and view stories and view uh, narratives, then they might see themselves and feel more comfortable. Um, and then the third thing is uh, we um, were connected to the They Them Project through one of our board members and wanted to build on that connection um, and, uh, and thought that this would be a great opportunity um, to bring in other people that are doing work um, around and with the LGBT plus community in the state of Minnesota. Okay, well, you're, you're saying that you wanted to have people be seen, um, but I think something that oftentimes is confusing well, for people that have not taken the time to understand gender is, okay, so it's LGBT, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're here at St. Cloud Pride. Correct. Like, aren't these people already being seen? No. Or don't they, doesn't everybody know about, <laughs> about non-binary people that are trans? And You know, I wish. Um, <laughs> but no, that's not the reality. Um, when you look at Pride festivals um, across the nation, and, and even our Pride community, or the Pride Festival here, Um, Predominantly, um, it is uh, occupied by individuals who are cisgender um, and who identify within that gender binary, so male or female, masculine, feminine. Um, And what was the question again? Sorry. (laughs) I always ask my questions in a way that gets people to say, no, that's not right. (laughs) So basically, we're we're talking about the fact that even in the gay, lesbian, Mm -hmm. and not as much transgender, but bisexual uh, community, it's not always understood, educated, right. mm-hmm. um, accepted yeah. people who are gender nonconforming. Definitely. And there's a lot of gender nonconforming erasure or trans erasure that's out there. Um, what is erasure? So erasure is uh, a phrase that's commonly used, I think, in like social justice communities to, um, to kind of say that, uh, that there that people who are gender nonconforming, for example, if we're talking about um, like gender nonconforming erasure or trans erasure, is that um, there is smart, solid, strong work that's being done to push queer consciousness as well as queer rights out there. Um, But 
those who are gender non-conforming, trans, kind of looking at the umbrella term There's trans, less place for their voice to be heard. Exactly. And then if that work is being done, it's usually taken by, or like the, the focus is on those who identify as gay or as lesbian or by, sometimes even bisexual as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then, I guess there's two more things I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about what you do at St. Cloud University. It was university, yeah. right? Yep, St. Cloud State University. Tell me what you do there. So, uh, is that that's yeah, part of so I'm the director of the LGBT Research Center at St. Cloud State, and we do a lot of work on sort of multiple levels. So, we do a lot of education, so we work, uh, we do workshops and um, activities with classes. Um, at St. Cloud State, we work with community members and go to community organizations and do trainings and workshops with them. So, to create a broader consciousness of the LGBT plus community, some of the issues. <coughs> That the community faces, um, and uh, and just build that education. We also do um, a lot of connection opportunities. So uh, this year we're starting affinity groups, and specifically one is for queer and trans people of color. Another one is for religious and spiritual. And so um, we want uh, queer folk to better connect with one another. Um, so we're building those opportunities and those programs. We also do a lot of leadership growth and building. So a lot of the people that are in my staff, we uh, advise some of the student organizations and help them be queer leaders um, and be better leaders for the communities that they serve. Um, and then we overall do a lot of awareness building. So you work at the university, yep. but it sounds like you do stuff like most of what you just talked about is stuff that actually is through the community like the broad community not just at the school yeah so while um the center is housed in at the university and we predominantly serve students um we are also kind of considered as a regional resource so we branch out to st cloud as well as what's considered the st cloud metro area okay so yeah well i think that it's uh, it's it's a good thing for people to understand why that's important. St. Cloud is not a tiny city. It's no. not a rural <laughs> city. It's um, but it, it's it's not the biggest city, right? right? So even in a city like this that has a, a pretty big population, is there is, is there another resource that people go to? Our LGBT center or not in particular? No. So we actually receive quite a few calls uh, and emails throughout the week, every single week. Um, from high schools, from different nonprofits, uh, from families and parents asking for resources, as well as even peers asking for resources to provide to their friends. Um, and so we do a lot of um, we do a lot of community work um, because that work has to be done, and there are no uh, large uh, queer organizations or community organizations here within central Minnesota. Well, and And there are, and that's not to say that there aren't, there are um, uh, some queer or some central Minnesota organizations um, that are even here currently at pride. uh, But we um, hit that, the large gamut of the um, the LGBT plus experience. And I'm sure coming through the university, you have resources that can help with that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, so you introduced yourself and you said that you use he, him, mm-hmm. and ze, zer. Correct. So t- I, I've interviewed people in the project that use different sets of pronouns, mm-hmm. but I have, um, I've interviewed one person that uses they, them, or you can call them by z. Yeah. 
their name is Zim, so they think that Z is a good way for people to remember their pronouns. Yeah. But I've never interviewed someone who uses uh, Z Zim. Yeah. Or, sorry, Z Zim, right? Yep, yep. Z Zim, sir. Yep. Um, and I, I want to ask you about that, but I, I, I also want to say, so when I was interviewing Zim, I said, oh, you, so by Z, would you also go by Z Zim? And they said, no, that I don't use those pronouns. Mm-hmm. Why do you use ZZim and what does that represent to you? Yeah, so, uh, and I spell it differently. So typically it's spelled like Z-I-E, Z-I-M. I use S-I-E and S-I-M. And uh, that is in particular because I really, so it's kind of a weird and complex um, narrative. But uh, in my undergrad, I study German. And I myself have a strong German heritage. And in the German language, um, SIE stands for you plural or you formal. And I really like that. Um, and there is no particular gender that is associated with um, SIE, so Z in German. And um, at the time that I, I just wasn't enjoying um, how masculinity was being represented overall and how I was in connection with masculinity. And so I thought, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling comfortable using he, him right now. And I was like, is there another pronoun that I feel more comfortable with that allows me to feel full and um, to feel represented? And uh, I decided to take on seasons or, um, and sort of mold what the like, kind of English language uses for seasons or so the Z-I-E. Um, and mold, and take in that German aspect and combine them both. Um, the first question that I ask everybody in the interviews, and I yeah. think I need to start to do that with the people that I'm interviewing here at Pride, um, is, is there ever a time you would be upset with someone, if someone, at, sorry, um, is there ever a time that you would be upset if someone asked you what pronouns you use? Never. Um, and I think that is really important to do that. Um, to ask people, um, or uh, if you aren't even sure, to kind of switch to using a gender inclusive, uh, they, them, there. Um, and something that I do when I ask my staff at my center to practice is always use they, them, there. And if you don't know, then ask. Um, and the, the thing that that person can do is tell you, yes. no, like I'm not going to share them. And then you just say, okay, like, thank you. <laughs> Another thing that I do while interviewing is I ask the questions that some people might be thinking about while they're listening to this. Yeah. So you use Z, Zim, Zer, but you did not say that you use they, them. Correct. So what does that mean? Why don't you use they, them pronouns? Like that's the easier one for people to understand, right? Um, I was going to curse, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you might have to put explicit on your podcast. Um, I like to mess with the norm. Um, and it's not to say that the norm is bad. Um, it's not to say that being cisgender or being straight is a bad thing, but we in our society unintentionally shift our minds to, to being that or, or to thinking like that. Um, and I wanted to kind of confront that, uh, and get people to kind of stop and think and, and have a learning moment. Um, and, uh, and possibly my pronouns can be that learning moment for them. So yesterday I was interviewing someone for the project and we were talking about like 
you don't always need to share pronouns. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're ordering a coffee, someone doesn't need to know your name, your pronouns. Well, maybe at Starbucks, they ask your name, but um, right. <laughs> and it'd be nice if they ask your pronouns. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're, they're, so, do you anytime that uh, how often do you share your pronouns? Is it only when someone asks you, or do you share those pronouns every single time you meet someone when it's appropriate, basically? Yeah. So what I find is because I'm in a position of authority, being a director, um, I get that opportunity consistently. So why not take that opportunity and create an educational moment for everyone? So like if I'm in a committee meeting or if I'm in, uh, if I'm giving a workshop or if I'm doing something out in the community and I am representing, typically representing St. Cloud State or my office, I will say my name and I'll say my pronouns. That way it's giving the opportunity for anybody else who uses... Um, whatever pronouns that they use to share that. Um, but if I'm out in public and I am like running a trip to Target, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be like being like, hi, my name is Seth and I use Zizimzer and he, him, his. Yeah. Um, it just. Is there ever a time that if, if, if you feel the need or you just want to tell people your pronouns, mm-hmm. is, would there ever be a time you would not share that you use gender nonconforming pronouns? Um, yeah, if I'm recognizing that the space is not set up for, uh, for queerness to exist, um, safely. So, and that's tricky. Uh Um, and that's kind of hard to describe and it's just more of a, a gut feeling that I would not introduce myself and I would probably introduce myself just with my name or if pronouns were asked, he, him, his. Well, I, and that's I'm, trying to, I'm trying to understand to... why I'm asking that question, but <laughs> it's um, it's just because if people are listening to all these interviews, or at least some or most of them, like you, it, it becomes the cycle of that. There's never a time I'd be upset with someone asking me their pronoun or asking what pronouns I use. Um, but I, I, I want to kind of change the perspective of people who I'm interviewing who are gender nonconforming, who do advocate mm-hmm. as, as, as much as this is who they are, the fact that you have to teach people. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to understand, uh, is, are, there, are there times where even someone like you who is in the, the professional space that you're in, mm-hmm. where yes. it's, still, it's still hard? Oh, <laughs> definitely. Um, it's really hard in profession, even in professional spaces too. And that's more around me and representing my gender through my clothing or makeup or um, hairstyle or hair color Um, and not particularly my pronouns per se. Okay. Does that make any sense? (laughs) You're saying that that's how you uh, most often would express your gender? Express your identity. Yeah. yeah, besides my pronouns. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I had my hair dyed uh, like a uh, seafoam blue one time. And I was not, and that's like how I wanted to express my gender. That's how I wanted to express myself. And other professionals would not interact with me um, and uh, like ask me huh. professional questions and that kind of thing. And so, after changing like my hair back to what is considered a normal color, um, I was getting asked 
professional questions. I was, people were asking for my professional opinion and that kind of stuff. So it's a little tricky when okay. it comes to professional spaces and expressing gender, even still in higher education. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think that's, it, it is really important for people to, to understand that because you seem like someone who is ready to talk about this, mm-hmm. uh, ready to educate people, uh, and I, I guess that's why I was asking the question was that it, it's even in that position where it becomes easier mm-hmm. to express and uh, uh, tell people your, how, how you identify. It still is hard. Oh, for sure. It's a very tricky space. Um, and I feel like it's a day to day balance of sometimes I'm looking at my calendar. And I'm like, OK, how should I dress today um, so that people are paying attention to the words that I'm, that I'm saying? Um, and how do I want to express my gender on the daily? So, and the easy way <laughs> for that to change is for people to just start asking the question mm-hmm. of how do you identify? Yeah, what pronouns do you use? Yeah, and and at, I think in the simplest form, accepting that in the moment and right away, even if you don't understand, even if you've got questions, um, saying okay, thank yeah. you, yeah. and that doesn't, and that's that's what I find to be a simple way to just say thank you. Is there anything else you would want to say to anyone listening? Um, have fun, have fun with your gender, um, and express it however you want to, and, um, understand that there's going to be pushback, understand that there's going to be some tension, um, and don't reciprocate hate. Um, I became hateful for a time, um, uh, to people who identify as cisgender and identify as straight. And that really was not a good space to be in. Um, And I really had to come down to an understanding of it is lack of knowledge. It's lack of experience. Um, And if I can exhibit empathy for other individuals, I can exhibit empathy towards, in some aspect, towards the subversive Mm -hmm. hate or subversive homophobia or, or transphobia that is that is being presented so i think that's it can i can i take your photo of to course. show people that i interviewed you yeah <laughs> all right well thank you very much thank you